What a great joy it is just to be together this way once again. We continue to preach the gospel every way we can. In fact, we're having drive-in services now. We have online ministry. Drive-in services are Sunday at 9 and 11. Our online ministry that you're a part of right now. These are days for Jesus to touch people's hearts, minds, souls, and we pray that while you're with us, that the Spirit of the Lord will do mighty things right where you are because God's Word is powerful and His Spirit is amazing. You have both of those things with you, the Word of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord. We're continuing our series called Quarantined, and we're looking today at the importance of having goals in the midst of quarantine. Every successful person, organization, church, ministry knows that you've got to set and reach your goals. Especially we see that in the world of sports, and, and there's not a lot of sports on right now, but let me take you just into the world of sports for a few moments of glory. Maybe you were around or maybe you remember this game when Michael Jordan in the last few seconds, I think it was 5.5 seconds, in 1989 took this last shot in his last game with the Bulls to win the game and another championship. A glorious moment. But behind this glorious moment are years of goal setting and self-discipline. Maybe you are around or maybe you know about this game, the miracle on ice. 1980, the Olympics were hosted here in the United States of America. The American team was not favored to win. The Russians had won, the Soviet Union had won uh, four in a row and they were supposed to win again. But this was a glorious moment when the USA pulled it off and won the gold medal. But behind this glorious moment, lives filled with goal setting and self-discipline. Maybe you're familiar with this amazing athlete, Usain Bolt, probably the fastest sprinter maybe of all time. He won gold medals in three consecutive Olympic Games in uh, 2008 and 2012 and 2016. You don't do that. You don't have those glorious moments without a life of goal setting and self-discipline. How about the ladies' world soccer champions? They dominate. They've won four of the championships, including this one in 2019. But behind the glorious moments, years of setting goals and self-discipline. Hey, do you follow wrestling? <laughs> I'm sure there are some goals that are set. In fact, this match is the match that Andre the Giant let Hulk Hogan beat him. That was a goal, and they pulled it off. They planned it before. I know you think it's all real, but they planned it before, and then they executed it. Or what about when the Buccaneers won Super Bowl 55? In 2021, it was a glorious moment in sports. But today, we're not talking about sports heroes. We're talking about this hero. We're coming into Paul's quarantine. Paul the prisoner. 
Paul, who had done virtually nothing wrong, but spent years not having the freedom to move where he wanted to go and what he wanted to do, he was locked in prison. But as we come to the third chapter, you got your Bible, grab it. You got your app, grab it. The third chapter of Philippians, we see that he is receiving goals from the Lord. And he passes them on to us. Wise people, as they read these scriptures, say, well, that's a goal that needs to be part of my life. Just because we're under a stay-at-home direction, stay-at-home direction doesn't mean we shouldn't have God-given, spirit-anointed goals that are in our heart and in our spirit to change the world. Paul had those goals. In fact, if he was giving us a message, it would be, you've got to have goals. So as we go through the third chapter, here are some of the things as we study that we learn Paul's instruction. We understand that we've got to have goals that cause us to grow. In verse 12, he says, I'm in quarantine, I'm in prison, but I'm still aware I haven't obtained everything I should have. So I am pressing on. I'm pressing forward. While I'm in lockdown, while I'm in prison, my spirit is a spirit that says, listen, God's got more. I want you to hear that. God's got more. In fact, you could say it right there, out loud, where you are. God's got more. He's got more for you. And you've got to have this in your heart. A goal that says, I want to grow in the midst of this season today. I'm not giving up. I'm not throwing my hands up in surrender. I, I, I'm putting my hands up in praise to God, not into surrender to the devil. Everything that doesn't grow dies. So Paul is in lockdown and he says, I'm not giving up, I'm pressing forward. And if you want to know what he is pressing forward towards, what he hasn't obtained, you just back up a few verses. You come to verse 10 where he says, here's my goal. Here's what, here's what I haven't obtained fully. I know Christ, but I want to know him more. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Here's the secret. The secret of growing is knowing. You grow because of what you know and who you know. And Paul has a great desire to know Christ even while he's in lockdown. He wants his relationship with Christ to grow. And that should be in all of our hearts today. We should have an incredible desire to grow, and we grow when we know Christ. It's nice to know Christ when everything's going well. When we're walking in the, the resurrection power, we're free to go, miracles are happening, but we also need to know Christ when things don't go exactly the way we would like them to. He calls that the fellowship of suffering. And even in the midst of suffering, our desire is to grow to know Christ. I would pray for you and with you that you would grow to know Jesus more in this season than you ever have in your life. Why? 
Because when we come out of this thing, it's God's will. It's God's will that when we come out of this thing, we come out of this thing better than we went into it. And we do that by having a determination today not to live Groundhog Day over and over and over again. The same thing, boredom setting in, anxiety overwhelming us, worry seizing our soul. No way! We say, God, I want to know Christ in these days. It may be suffering, it may not be what I want, but I want to know Christ. So he says that to us in verse 12. Then he goes on to say in verse 13, we not only want to grow, we want to let go. Now we talked about this in chapter 2, but we come back to it again in chapter 3 when he says, this one thing I do, I'm letting go. I'm forgetting what I've been through. I'm not holding on to yesterday. In chapter 2, we talked about Christ letting go of his throne in heaven so he could embrace us here on the earth. And Paul picks that up and says, okay, I need to let go. And if you're going to grow, you got to let go. You can't keep holding on, whether it's victories or it's valleys, whether it's sin or it's success, whether it's delightful things that God does or it's disastrous things that you've been through, you've got to let that all go because here is the truth. The hope of the Lord, the God of hope, speaks this to our hearts. Your tomorrow can be better than today. Your tomorrow can be better than today. We've got to let go. We're not going back to the same old. We're moving into the God-blessed, God-directed brand new. We don't want to recover. We want to say, God, what do you have for us? So this is a season for us to reanalyze our goals. Think about how we're doing things in our personal life, in our uh, church life, in our community life. How are we going to do the will of God in the midst of all this? Because that's God's will. God's will is that you would let go of how it used to be so you can embrace how it's going to be. We've got a precious couple here in the family of hope, Robbie and Carrie Ann, they're getting married in the midst of all this. What have they had to do? They've had to rearrange their goals. Family members that can't fly in. Venues that they can't use anymore. So they're changing goals. But they're keeping the most important goal. And that is to, after they say their vows before the Lord, they're going to have a great marriage. That's the important goal. It's not the wedding. Weddings are nice. But I've been to some beautiful weddings that ended in disastrous marriages. The God-given goal in the midst of this as we shift around is we've got to keep focused, making the prize the main thing. Paul talks about it. So we've got to let go, let go of some of our little goals so we can focus on the main goal, just like Robbie and Carrie and they're going to get married. It's going to be a beautiful marriage, a God-blessed marriage, and we're going to survive all of this. The important things to God's heart are winning people that are far away from God. He loves them so much that he came and died on the cross. That's what we got to keep as the center. We let other things go so we can keep reaching Christ through any means possible. 
Paul says, I'm willing to let go so I am ready to grow. Then he goes on to say, I'm going to keep on pressing forward. I've got to move forward. I'm letting go of things, and when I let go of things, when my hands are empty, then I'm in a good place. Then I'm in a place that I can receive because my hands are empty. And he says, here's what I'm doing. I'm straining forward. <laughs> Listen, he was chained down. But his spirit is straining forward. He says, I'm going to press on. And I love this. I'm pressing on to the goal of the upward call. They may have my body chained down, but my spirit is moving upward. They may keep me in my house or keep me away from the people I'd love to be very close to. My body may be doing one thing, but my spirit was designed to soar to an upward calling. Listen. Listen. There, there is an upward calling on your life. I love when the songwriter wrote it. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Glory to God. Lord, plant He's chained up. They're holding his body down. He can't go where he wants to go. But his spirit is soaring. Your spirit can soar any day. No matter what the government says, no matter what people say, your spirit was designed for a higher place. What's the higher place that God is calling you to? What's the upward call that God is calling you to? It's not to stay down here and moan and groan and complain. Receive the spirit of Paul's exhortation in this scripture. I'm letting go. may not be the same as it used to be. And I am I'm straining. These chains are holding. I'm straining against these chains. I'm listening to another world beyond this world. And I am reaching for the upward call. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's an upward call that God has on your life. And that's got to be one of the goals. In this season, take time with Jesus. Get a piece of paper out. Right across the top, these words, pressing on. And then open your heart to the Holy Spirit and just write some stuff down. Say, here is what I'm pressing on. Here's what God has for me. Here's the upward call. Here's where I used to be. But glory to God, here's where I'm going to be. Paul is chained down. This is his spirit. And he writes this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And that same spirit that was with Paul when he was quarantined, that same spirit is with you wherever you are receiving this message. Whatever the condition is in your country, because people are watching all over the world, it's different. Your body may be one thing, but your spirit is destined to soar. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Glory be to God. Then he says, okay, now here's another thing. Here's another goal. He's got some good ones here. He says, I have the goal uh, to influence others. He's, he's cut off from them. But he calls them to imitate. He says, imitate me. 
I'm living my life with this upward call. I'm living this goal-centered, God-given goal-centered life. And I'd like you to imitate me. I'd like my life while I'm here to influence you. I'd like you to keep your, your eyes on those who are walking like I am. He was walking by faith. You say, how can you walk? He was, he was quarantined. He was chained up. Because it doesn't take the body to walk by faith. It takes the spirit. And it is your spirit that God wants to influence people. And in this season, you ask yourself the question, how am I influencing others? Could I say with Paul, I'd like you to imitate me in this season of quarantine. I'd like you to imitate my attitude and my worship and my outreach and my prayer life. I'd like you to imitate me. How are you influencing others? I hope that you're not influencing them with criticism and complaint. I hope you're influencing them with love and service. I've been exhorting you because God is, keeps stirring it in my soul, so I keep giving it to you. Who can you help? Maybe it's pressing share on this message. Maybe you know somebody that's suffering in this season and they need to hear the upward call. And you just, hey, say, Church of Hope has a message today that I think would really be a blessing to you. Let the Lord flow through you to love people and serve them. Stop listening to the critics and the cynics and listen to the voices of faith. And I just want to give a shout out because there are some people here. We have a ministry here called the, the Hope Center. And these people in the midst of this pandemic, they're influencing. And I want to thank all of those who are supporting and giving and sharing. God bless you guys. The Hope Center serves hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people each week, which equates to thousands and thousands and thousands of meals. They serve the Lord. They serve Him with gladness. They work to get all the food together. They distribute it. And these people, in the midst of this pandemic, they are influencing others. Now, just how could you do that? How could you influence others? What's the influence of your life during this season? I pray that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray that you're filled with faith. I pray that you are overcoming the enemy. And I pray that your life is a life of influence. You're called by God. Jesus Christ said it. You are the salt of the earth. Not just in good times. Not just when resurrection power is flowing and, 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 no, in the fellowship of suffering, you are still the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Shine brightly where you are. My dad has been quarantined in a senior's home. Know what he's doing? Started a Bible study. Started reaching out. Can't get out, they won't let him out. So we start a Bible. It's been the biggest attended Bible study they've ever seen. Why? Because you keep on shining no matter what. Don't let the don't 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 let Satan blow it out. That was a little song I sang as a child. Or don't let it, your light be hid under a bushel. Jesus said that. Shine brightly in this season. Then the last thing he says to us is: hey, I want you to have the goal. 
which I hope is your goal, to live in heaven. I hope it's the goal of your life, to live in heaven. He says, my citizenship, our citizenship, all those he had won for the Lord, and he's writing to them now in the city of Philippi, our citizenship is in heaven. Paul understood what it was to have dual citizenship. He was Jewish. He was born a Jewish citizen, but he was born in Tarsus. So then Tarsus was a province of Rome, so he had Roman citizenship that we read about in the book of Acts. So he was a dual citizen, but even more than that, on the road to Damascus, he received citizenship from heaven. He was born again. I understand that. I was born with the citizenship of one nation. May the 14th, I was born a citizen. On July the 4th, I was born again. I raised my hand, I took my oath, and I became a proud citizen of the United States of America. I know what that's like. But I have another citizenship. I have a citizenship in heaven. How'd you get that, Scott? I'm glad you asked. I asked the king of heaven to come into my heart. Paul asked the king of heaven, his name is Jesus, to come into his heart. And when the king of heaven moves into your heart, he brings all of heaven with him. And this is a season for you to assure that your life is in God's hands through Jesus Christ. And this is a season for you to reach out and share that good news with others. You can call them. You can FaceTime them. You can send emails to them. Some of people are so bored. Some people are so interested in the Bible right now, so interested in spiritual things because everything has been shaken. This is an ideal season for us to reach them with the love of God and the King of Heaven. Jesus is the King, and when we open up our hearts to the King, He changes everything. I'd like to encourage you all I'd like every single person listening to this message to become a citizen of heaven right now. And you may hear the devil say to you, but you're not good enough. If he knew who he was talking to, he wouldn't make that invitation. Yes, I would. Paul was a, a murderer. He participated in a murder. He had persecuted the church. He hated God. And now he is a citizen of heaven. You can become a citizen of heaven today by lifting your heart and praying. Just say, dear God, I open my heart to Jesus Christ, the King of heaven. Come into my heart. Make me a new person. I repent of my sins. I leave them behind. And I look towards you, Lord, to receive your forgiveness, your love, your mercy, your grace. I receive Jesus today for the first time, or I renew a relationship with Jesus for the first time in a long time. I come to you, Lord, because I love you and I praise you. Thank you, God, for loving me, and now I want to live for Jesus all the days of my life. And you say together, amen. Now, if you've done that, I'd like you just to let us know. If you're saying yes to Jesus, maybe for the first time, or for the first time in a long time, I'd like you to text the word yes. You're saying yes to Jesus, text the word yes to 941-260-1321. 941 260-1321. We want to send you free material. We want to send you an e-book so you'll have it and you'll be able to grow. 
And then I want you to share this message by pushing share, by subscribing to our online platforms, including the one you're watching, and show others, I have a citizenship in heaven. Because you know, it's going to be glorious one day when we all get to heaven. I've made my reservation. I have my citizenship. I hope you have your citizenship in heaven. I hope that's one of your godly goals. And then as we find ourselves in this season, I pray that you are walking by faith, that you are being delivered from your fears, that the enemy is being defeated, and that Jesus is being glorified in your personal prayer time and in our times of worship that we have here, Wednesday nights, on the weekends, people that will be part of our drive-in ministry now, let's glorify the Lord. Now, I pray that the Lord will bless you, and I pray that the God of hope will fill you with all hope so you won't rest in your own understanding, but you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I bless you in Jesus' name, and in Jesus' name, you are very blessed.